Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go ahead to uh, John, the uh, eighth chapter. Had a scripture on my heart tonight, and uh, of course, I I'm, I'm, have been talking about uh, growing up spiritually, and I'm not going to do that tonight. Let's talk about something else. Didn't hear any amens? All right, that's good. All right, I appreciate that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about something else, and uh, uh, it'll be good. It'll be something that'll be a blessing to you. Amen? Praise God. You know, I just I do want to say, you know, one of the things in, in talking about um, the subject of growing up spiritually we talked about was uh, uh, recognizing the, the, the ministry gifts, and, and like I said, something that I just kind of want to remind us about uh, from time to time, it's important that, uh, you know, that we need to draw on those things. And like I said earlier, how you, how you come into here affects what you get. And uh, the attitude that you've got when you come in or how you approach these things affects everything that you hear. And, and um, you know, we're, we're, we're moving into a time where, where uh, God wants to do, you know, God's always been wanting to do things. He's never been on vacation. He never takes a nap. You know, he never takes a day off. He's always wanting to move. But I mean, you know, as the world grows darker, the church is to grow lighter and grow brighter, right? We're supposed to be a better representation of Christ. And when he returns for a mature church, not a, not a dim or a weak church or a wimpy church, but a mature church. Well, you know, if that's going to happen, we want all the ministry gifts to really take their place. And uh, I would encourage and ask you to be believing God with me, with Pastor, Pastor Andrew, with the staff, you know, that... that um, here at Impact Family Church, whether it be the, you know, one of the pastors who ministers or, or if we have a guest minister come in, that you know, the grace of God that's on their life, the, the anointing that's on their life, that it'll continue to rise and, and grow and mature, amen? Because if, if we're not asking for it, it doesn't just happen just because. You do realize that. You know, it, it is easy to get comfortable uh, with just what's going on and just you know, things are good and just be comfortable with it, but it can be better, but it'll only be better to the extent that we want it to be better. I can tell you, you know, I, I, it's definite. I can sense when people are pulling. I can sense when people aren't pulling. And, and uh, you know, so we want to put a demand upon those things, and it, it makes it more fun to whoever's ministering, but it also makes it more beneficial to those who are hearing. And so um, let's just real quick, let's just agree together as a church that, that here at Impact Family Church, the ministry gifts can continue to develop. And really, how many know that we've not even seen the office of pastor uh, the way that the Bible wants the office of the pastor to operate? We've, we've not seen it. And there, there are reasons, but we'll pray in a second. There are reasons why we've not seen it. It's because a lot of times we couldn't handle it. The truth is because we just couldn't handle it. I mean, remember Jesus told the disciples, I got a lot of things to say to you, but, but what was he saying? You're not ready. They were like, give us the truth. He said, you can't handle the truth, right? So uh, we want the truth, but, we've, but in order to hear it, in order for it to be delivered, we've got to be in a position to be able to handle it. You know, uh, Paul uh, Paul was amazing, right? And, and, but he laid it out straight sometimes. And he, he was very, uh, 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 just very blunt at times. And I'm not saying we want to pray just so things are blunt. But how many know we, we, if we're going to get certain things, we've got to be open to them. And, and, and um, you know, so I would just encourage you, if this is really what you want, then you've got to be willing to hear those things. I'll get lesser, fewer amens as we go. You know, it's important. We need these things. I believe there are things that God wants to do that he, we've not been able to get into because uh, truth hasn't been able to be spoken as freely as he would like. But I mean, at, at the same point, when truth is really spoken freely, 
the people's lives have got to reflect uh, an honor for those things. Not just whoever's speaking, but an honor for the word itself and the presence of God in their life. I mean, think of Ananias and Sapphira. Do we really want the ministry gifts to step up? Well, I don't know about that. You know, we, we, don't, we don't have any funeral services in church. We don't, we don't want that. But it was a time where God was moving and, and people had to take these things very seriously. Well, you know, not to freak anybody out, but there's things God wants to do. There was, in the midst of that, God moved tremendously. Stuff was happening. I mean, things were just, it, I mean, it, the church was just popping then. I mean, it was just going big time, right? And uh, uh, because they were honoring God and the gifts could do what they were intended to do. Well, we want that here. Amen. And if we're living right, we got nothing to be afraid of anyway, right? Then say perfect, but endeavoring to live right, you know, and, uh, and God will help us even in areas where we're missing it. But, but it's something that, that we need. Amen. Is it something that you want? Well, let's just pray together. Father, we just thank you as a church, Lord, for your grace upon this place, upon this local body, upon Impact Family Church. Lord, every person who ministers, every person who speaks, whether it's our, our normal people who come through or even a guest that comes through, Father, we agree together as a, as a church, Lord, for a greater outpouring and demonstration of these ministry gifts in our presence, Lord, and in, in our church, Father, that your spirit would have the ability in free reign to do what he wants to do and in a greater way. And so, Father, we ask you for that. Whatever things we don't, if we want them, we have to ask for them. So, Father, we ask for those things and help us to prepare our hearts, Lord, to receive it. Lord, because we know what you have is important, what you have is valuable, what you have will only bless and enrich our lives. And so, Father, we want that in a greater degree than we've seen before. And, Father, we expect it, we believe it, and we'll begin to draw on it and, and look for it, Father, and respond to it because we've asked you and we know that you've heard us and we know we have the things that we've asked of you. Father, we thank you for it in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, John chapter 8, I want to look at uh, a scripture here that's been on my heart. And uh, are you there already? John chapter 8. All right. John, the eighth chapter. In the 32nd verse, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's a great scripture, scripture that we all, who's heard that scripture before? You know, even people who aren't in church, a lot of people hear that, they know that scripture. And, and you'll hear the truth, the truth will set you free. And, and thank God for the truth. Aren't you glad to hear Can anybody say that you look at your life now and, and you recognize that truth has entered in and, and, and things where you weren't free in before, or I don't know if that's good English, areas where you weren't free in, that you're now free in because of truth that's come in, how it's changed your life and how grateful you are for that? And so truth is such a, uh, an important thing and a wonderful thing. And Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the, and the truth will set you free. And knowing truth is vital in our lives. It's, it's important not just for the pastor, but it's important for every person to know the truth. And the good news is you can know truth for yourself. Thank God for the Holy Ghost on the inside. He's the revealer of truth. Y'all, that's amazing. We've got his word. We've got his spirit on the inside. And he is the revealer of truth. Woo! I mean, he is awesome. He comes in and just shows you stuff, opens your eyes. The things that Jesus said, I couldn't tell you. He said, there's one coming after me, right? He'll take him on. He'll declare it unto you, that, that revealer of truth. And so the areas where, there, where Jesus had to withhold, we can enter into those things because we have the Holy Spirit in our life. 
Whew, thank God for that. And so knowing the truth is vital and it's such an important thing in our life and it really ought to be a constant focus of our everyday life is growing in truth, growing in this area and developing in this area, amen? Uh, John chapter 17, 17, it says, sanctify them by, by your truth. Your word is truth. I tell you what, here, you know, in the last several months for me, last six months, maybe to a year, the Lord keeps bringing me back to the fact not the theory, but the fact that this right here, not just my Bible, but the Word of God, right, is such a vital aspect and part of our life. There is we have very we have we really have nothing more more precious than this. I mean, our salvation, God's Word, the Holy Spirit, it's right up there. I mean, this is so precious in our life, and and contained in this, He says, "Your Word is truth." How many know? There's a lot of things out there that that present themselves as truth, but there's only one truth. There's only one truth. There's only one place to find truth. Outside of this, there is no truth. Anybody says, I've got something. I, I remember the story Brother Hagin you know, used to tell, and I, I don't forget all the details or exactly uh, of how it went down, but talking to somebody, one minister, and, and what he was preaching on. He was preaching on something, and, and Brother Hagin said, well, show me the scripture for that. And he said, oh, you won't find it in there. You won't find it in, the, you won't find it in that thing. This is something I've got. Ooh, I tell you, you hear that, you need to run, right? Somebody says, I've got something and it, it is truth, but you're not going to find it in here. How many know that if it's not found in here, it better not be found in you, right? Because wherever it's found, it's going to produce and don't let it be found in your life, right? But how many know that, you know, truth, all, truth there's, there's always truth trying to uh, present itself. There's always things trying to present itself and trying to, uh, things to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And so we've got to be on constant alert and, and live a life aware, right? Live a, live a life where we're aware of these things. And culture is constantly trying to twist how we see things and, and change how we see things. And you realize it's really subtle, you realize it is so subtle, uh, trends and things, ideas and concepts of this world, right? Uh, uh, ideas of the, of, the, of the carnal fleshly mind, right? That apart from the spirit of God, Romans says what? That, that the carnal mind is enmity towards God, right? What does it mean? It's hostile towards God. And these things are subtle that try to enter in, little things. How many know the enemy isn't really interested? He, he, he's been around a long time. Pastor this morning talking about Satan and, and the fall of, of Lucifer and, and, the, and the angel. That, that fell. And I'm, I'm always just mindful of how smart this guy is. I mean, he, he obviously was quite beautiful and quite talented, but how intelligent he is and how crafty he is. And that he could not only himself get deceived with his own thoughts. It's pretty bad when, when you get deceived. It's, it's worse when you deceive yourself. Ever told yourself something you later realized that you believe something to be true that wasn't and it originated with you and how dumb you feel? And anybody been there but me? Okay, maybe just a few of us. All right, so uh, he deceived himself, but imagine that he, he convinced a third of the angels to believe him. This individual is smart. He is crafty, and he's in it for the long game. He, he's playing the long game. And, you know, he's not really concerned about, he doesn't, he's not just trying to ruin your life tomorrow. Sometimes we're, we're on alert for big things that come in to challenge what we know to be true in God's word. Big things that come along. How many know it's the little foxes that spoil the vine? It's the small little things that it's a seed planted here that if, you don't, if you're not careful to, to pluck it up, if you're not careful to tend your ground and, and to be watchful over every little thing emerging from the soil of your life, right? If you don't do something about it and if you tolerate it, 
it can grow and grow and grow. And eventually the root system is, 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 is even much larger underneath the surface and much more difficult to pull up. You know, we, we had, we've done the landscaping and we're given towards that to finish it. Um, uh, there was, uh, after a few weeks ago, and I've got a picture on my phone, we can't show it, I just remembered it, but we had a, 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 a seed or a little plant that was growing and I pulled it up out of the ground and it was only about this much was sticking out of the ground, this little plant that was growing, but underneath it, Actually, no, it was growing on one of the rocks. That's what it was. We put, him even noticed the rocks. There's those little uh, things growing on the rocks. Have you noticed the little, no, don't pick those. But anyway, those are good, but I don't know, what are those called? She doesn't remember, but she wanted them there. So anyway, so we put them in, you know, and, and in the midst of that, there was, it was an oak tree. It was an, it was an oak tree. It was starting to grow. How many know an oak tree on a rock probably is not the best place for an oak tree to grow? And it was a little dip in the rock and a little bit of soil they put there and, and planted this, this little thing, this little whatever this little thing is there. And this oak tree was growing. Well, you know, I went over. Well, I don't want an oak tree growing there. How I many know there's, the, the real estate there is small. There's not a, loom, or a lot of room for a lot of different things, you, you know, and so you got to be careful. How I many know the soil of your life is kind of small? Really, it, there's not that much room. You can't just let any old thing grow. And what one thing is growing is taking up the room of something else. If, if the good thing, if, if we'll be careful to make the right things grow in our life, how many know there's less room for bad things to grow? But if we let something grow that ought not be growing, how many know it's taking up real estate that belongs to something else? Well, it's not a big deal. It's not a big, until it grows up to where it's taken up way too much or it grows up to a place where it's too big. Well, I pulled that thing out very carefully because I didn't want to disturb the good uh, flowers that were planted and pulled it up into the oak tree, was, I think was only about this tall, but underneath the root, because there really wasn't much soil there, it was pretty loose, you know, the, the root underneath was probably like this long. Way longer underneath what was what you could see what was, 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 was getting very much established, even in that small space, even though I couldn't see very much here. So a lot of times what happens, we will get away. Well, it's a problem. I'll deal with that, that thinking or I'll deal with that, that issue whenever it grows up into something that that's an issue. Listen, no matter what it looks like above here, it's growing underground. The good news is in your life, the things you plant, the good things you plant, I don't, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's growing. The growth is happening somewhere. And, and sometimes, you know, the growth is more underground than it is above ground. But on the things we don't, don't want in our life, we got to make sure we're careful to pluck those things. And we, we're careful to tend those things. And so in our life, we've got to be careful when these things get deposited in us that when we recognize them and we can recognize them by the help of the Holy Spirit, he's our teacher and our guide. He guides us into all truth, right? And so when we're depending upon him, he can help us to recognize something that ought not be there, even though we don't, we don't, we don't, you know, I'm not a horticulturist. Is that the right word for a plant person? I'm not a, you know, I don't have green thumbs. I, I would admit that's not my, maybe I should confess I have green thumbs. It would look weird, but anyway, I, I maybe I should confess that, but I'm not a, I'm not a real, I'm not a big plant guy, but I, I, you know, I don't recognize everything that's, that's not good, but you know, by the aid of the Holy Spirit in our life, even things we're not aware of, he can, he can draw them to our attention. Hey, that thing over there, need to be careful. I know it looks real good, but it's berries are poisonous. When it starts producing fruit, you don't want it. I mean, when it grows up a little bit, it's got stinging nettles attached to it. Hey, right. None of, we don't want those. Right. And so we're quick to pull those things out of our life. Well, we've got to make sure that, that we're, we're careful where truth is and where things are, are deposited, that we're only are receptive to the right truth and that we don't allow other truths to get planted in our life. Enemies constantly want to plant things, constantly want to plant things. I want to caution you when you're reading things and you're out just out and about, 
always keep a, a quick eye or, or attention on your heart. Keep attention on your heart. Keep attention on your heart. And if something just doesn't seem right, listen, investigate. Don't just blow it off. Don't just think, well, I'll get there. No, check that thing out. You need to look at the Lord will guide you in these areas. But truth is such a, is such a simple thing, an important thing. And I know this seems simple. Yeah, we know the word is truth. We know his word is truth. And, and we know that, have I been up here 14 minutes? My Lord. So, so Ryan's like, yes, you have. Thanks, Ryan. So um, it seems simple. But in my experience, maybe, maybe, maybe pastor has a different experience. This issue here really is one of the foundational things that people struggle with in, in the body of Christ as a whole. It's something that people struggle with where they recognize that God's word, they recognize that there's a higher authority. They recognize that God's, that God is God. And most people in believers recognize that, but, but there's this, this tendency and really, it's just, it's just a temptation of the enemy to value other things above his word. And really, the battle oftentimes is won right there in the, in the seed stage of truth and the foundation of what's true in our life. In the, in the, in the foundational issues of what's truth and what are we going to make our own, what are we going to build our life on, what are we going to allow in our life, the foundational thing comes down to what do we recognize as truth, Right? And it's such an important thing that for each of us we do this because really, like I said, success and failure is really uh, uh, determined by this. Truth is not relative. Truth does not change based upon our circumstances or what's going on at the moment. Truth is truth. And that's something we've got to settle in our lives. In the minute, and until we make the decision, Lord, until we make the declaration in our life, Lord, no matter what it is, your word is truth, and that, that, that truth is the thing that will set me free. Until you come to that place, the things of God and growth and development, and really what God wants to do in you and do through you will be limited until you get that settled in your life. So where are you? Where are you on this issue? Where are you right now? Not, not the church answer, but the real life answer. Where are you? And really, you're, you're the real answer, you know what it is. God knows what it is. That's really the thing setting the pace that you're experiencing now and the pace you'll experience tomorrow. Where are you in this issue of what's true and what's not? See, a lot of times, uh, truth, uh, the truth of God's word uh, is not convenient. A lot of times, it doesn't even make sense. How I many know in order for it to be true doesn't mean you have to understand it to be able to act on it and to be able to put your trust in it. There's a lot of things I don't understand. There's a lot of things just naturally speaking that I don't understand. And truthfully, I don't care to understand. I just know they work. I just know that this is the way it is. And if I will do such and such, this is the way to work. I don't know how this thing works. I don't know all the details. The truth is I don't want to know all the details. There have been things over the years here at the church, you know, since the building's been built, you know, how the air conditioners work. To be honest with you, I never really cared how the air conditioners work. I'm just glad that when I go to the thermostat and I turn them on, there's, I, know, I need to know some basics, but I really don't care about all the details of it, right? And over the years, Gene and Dole know we've had so many issues that I've had to learn things about how it works that I never cared to work or know, to care to know. But you know that even when I didn't know how these things work, it still worked. It makes sense what I'm saying. If I did the basics that I needed, the, the details would take care of themselves. But when it comes to this, a lot of times people, people don't want to put their trust in. Like, like Mark was saying, it's so much is about trust. So much is about trust. The Lord's talking about trust, trust, trust. Trust isn't based upon understanding always. Trust is a, is a commitment and a decision. 
Trust is a decision to put your weight on something and not put it somewhere else. And whether you understand it or not, it's just what you're going to do, right? And so really in any area of our life, where we're at in that, that part of it uh, has everything to do with what we're experiencing. Uh, go with me over to uh, Numbers, the 13th chapter. Numbers 13. I'm going to try to, uh, to get through a few things here. This is not going to be real uh, long tonight, but... I say that by faith. Uh, uh, Numbers, the 13th chapter. I just want to read here just the, the, uh, the account of uh, uh, the children of Israel as they were coming up to the promised land. Now, if we'll take a, a break there for your turning there, Numbers 13. Remember in Exodus that, that God had already told them that the land belonged to them. He was talking to Moses, and of course we know that he promised Abraham that I'll make you a great nation, your descendants, I'll give you all these things, and he said all these things to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, the children of Israel got themselves into a mess, they're in, they're in captivity, and, and how many know that I believe that had they lived obedient, they wouldn't have been in that place, because their captivity came out of great blessing, it came out of an opportunity, and, and a time when God rescued them, Right? And, and somewhere along the line, they, they quit doing what they ought to do. They started putting their trust in other things. And it led them to a place where now they're captives. Well, when, when God sent uh, Moses to deliver his people, he's asking, well, what do I tell him? Tell him I am who I am. And, and he said, I'll give you a land that flows with milk and honey. He said, I will give you. He made a promise to them. And so at this point in Numbers 13, there were, they were coming up to the promised land. It was a land that had been promised to them. They knew that it was theirs because God said it was theirs. I mean, it wasn't the promised land by name. It was a promised land by God's decree, right? That's why they called it the promised land. It was the land of Canaan and all the other ites that were there, but, but it was, that's what it was called. But to them, it was the promised land. Why? Because God said something. So they had a promise from God. And so in, in uh, Numbers 13, the first verse, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men out to spy the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. He once again uh, restated which, uh, a land which I am giving to the children of Israel. He's once again reestablishing his commitment to them. How many know this is a statement of fact? He wasn't just making a random statement. He, this was a promise. This was, he was giving them truth and reestablishing truth. This land is yours. I'm giving you this land. And so they sent spies out, and, and we read the different things, uh, all the different ones that were sent out. Uh, Moses, verse 17, sent them out to spout the land of Canaan, said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. How many know it really didn't matter if the people were few if they were weak, if they were strong, and none of those things made, made, really made any difference. He wanted them to go see what they were and, and, and to come back with a, with a report, but really made no difference if the land belonged to them. Just because we come in, into contact something that is opposite of what truth tells us, just because something looks different than what the Bible says doesn't mean it's a hindrance to you. Doesn't mean it's bigger than truth. Doesn't mean it's more valuable than truth. Doesn't mean that the result of that means more than what God has said. See, sometimes people just want to keep their head in the sand. Well, you know, if I just don't look, if I just don't see, I'll be able to. No, we should be able to maneuver life with eyes wide open and see even that there may be giants in the land, but it still doesn't change. In fact, God said it belongs to me. It doesn't change anything. God said it's mine, and it really makes no difference who's there. It's mine. 
And so up until this point, God had been continually doing things to give them to begin to see that, listen, no matter what the situation is, I got your back. No matter what the situation is, I've got you. You can depend upon me. You can trust what I'm telling you, right? So they said, see whether the land is, uh, uh, whether strong or weak, few or many. Verse 19, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities, of course, he's already told them it flows with milk and honey. So it's good, but he wants them to go see, right? Whether, they, whether the cities they inhabit are like the camps or like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests, or, uh, 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 whether there, yeah, uh, there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the, the first uh, ripe grapes. So they went up, spied out the land, and uh, they went through all the different places there. And in verse 25, and they returned spying out the land after 40 days. They departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told him, uh, they told him and said, uh, we went into the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. City, uh, cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Enoch there. The Amalekites uh, dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, all the different ites are there. In verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. We are well able to overcome it. Now, in the natural, did his statement make any sense? Did it make any sense, what he just said? They said there's all this stuff there that's good, but the, the, the people are there are big. He knew who was there. He said, listen, we're well able to do it. But the men who, stood, who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. In the natural, they were telling the truth. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone uh, as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. They had no proof of that, but it looked that way. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Enoch came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in, in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. Of course, the truth was they were afraid of them. But, you know, why were they afraid of them? Because they knew all of them. It's so silly, isn't it? They were afraid of the children of Israel because of all of the things God had done for the children of Israel in the past. But the children of Israel, the whom for which God had done those things for, they were grasshoppers in, the, in, the, in their own eyes. See, this is where truth comes in. What truth are we relying on? What truth is it that we're basing our life upon? Because if you're not careful, even in the midst of what God, just because God has done big things for you in the past, doesn't mean your vision's going to be right for tomorrow. Just because God has done all of this in your life, you can never take a step back and get in, in rest and what God has done and not tend to what you're seeing right now because it'll affect what you have, right? And so even though God had done great things for them in the past, because they weren't careful to make sure that they were holding on, on to truth what God had said, they weren't able to go into the promised land, but the people who were there were deathly afraid of them. Isn't that silly? Well, you know, uh, it's so important. It's so important what we're holding true in our life. It's so important what we're holding true in our life. Of course, we know that went on that uh, uh, Israel refused to enter Canaan, entered, uh, refused to go in. Of course, you know, God got very upset with them. 
And uh, uh, verse, uh, verse 6, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, or whatever his name was, uh, who were among those who spied out the land, tore his clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spout is exceedingly good. If the, del- if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land who flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are bre- our bread... They are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't fear them. What was he doing? He was pleading with them to get their attention back on the right thing. Quit accepting one thing versus another. Stay with what God had told them. Stay with what God had told them. Of course, you know, we know that that generation passed away and and, and died off the scene and and was no longer there. but, But truth is something we've got to accept in our life. Joshua and Caleb, they were able to enter into the promised land. They were able to go with the next generation. Imagine 40 years passing and they were able to go in and possess theirs because his attitude, their attitude over 40 years didn't change. When the 40 years was up, just because somebody else, Pastor talked this morning about, can people delay you? Did people delay them? Now, it's interesting here, whenever they, when they did this, you know, obviously uh, uh, the Lord said, listen, you're, this whole generation, you're going to die. Everybody, you know, everybody's going to die that a fighting age, you were all, you're all going to die in the woods. Of course, they changed their tune. Well, let's go right now. Let's go right now. Well, how many know that he said, listen, if you want to go, you're on your own, right? And, and that didn't work out too well for some of them. But after 40 years, Joshua and Caleb stayed true, stayed true. I want to tell you, stay true. Stay true. Somebody else might have delayed you in some areas. You stay true to what you know. You stay true to what God's word said to you. Don't be moved by the clock. Don't be moved by the calendar. Truth is not changed by the calendar. Truth is not changed by the clock. It doesn't change. It is not subject to anything other than his word, and his word does not change. Stick with the truth. Stick with the truth. Stick with the truth. So we know God's word is is truth. It's truth in our life. But go back to uh, uh, John, the eighth eighth chapter again. Go back there. John chapter eight again. I just want to show you a, a couple things here. Uh, John chapter 8, we read the the 32nd verse, it said, um, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall shall make you free. But we go back a verse, in the 31st verse, Jesus said to, to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So there was some connection. It just wasn't about knowing truth that was important. There was something else connected to it. The Amplified says, so Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance to them, you, will truly, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What's your point, Pastor Greg? Knowing truth will set you free, but your action is required. Knowing the truth will set you free, but your action is required. The children of Israel knew what the truth was. It belonged to them. God had promised them it was their land. Even though somebody else was living in there, it belonged to them. It was their land. Yeah, but that's their house. No, no, that's my house. No, that, that, they tilled that, that, that farm. No, that's my farm. Why? Because God had promised it to them. They still had to take it. You got to know the truth, but only truth that's acted on is truth that will set you free. 
You can be in the most Bible-taught, teaching, founded uh, 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 church on the planet. You can be the steadiest, strongest studier and memorizer of God's word that man has ever known. But if you don't do something with it, if it doesn't abide in you, that truth won't produce anything in your life. Action is required for our truth. Uh, the Bible in basic English says this, then Jesus said to the Jews who had faith in him, in him, if you keep my words, then you are truly my disciples. I, I read those kind of things and it always makes me look at myself, right? I mean, uh, th the degree to which I obey him shows whom I'm really following, right? He said in other places, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments, right? So our obedience is a direct reflection of our heart towards him. He said, if you keep my, my word, then you are truly my disciples and you will have knowledge of what is true and that will make you free. You can't really know what truth is apart from action. He said, if you keep my word, you will have knowledge of what is true. See, some truth is not just some truth in God's word for you to really get it. For you to really get it, your action is required for you to even really get it. This right here is deep. This here, it, it, this is deep. And even though sometimes it's simple sounding, the truth is deep. Eternal things are not temporary. They're not small. They're not casual. They're, they're, they have a deep foundation in them. Even simple words have a deep foundation if they're found here. But apart from action, it won't really even make sense to you. Apart from action, you won't even really understand it. It won't be real truth in your life. It'll be a good concept or a good idea. There's a lot of good concepts or good ideas, but it won't produce because it's not real to you. See, apart from action, truth really doesn't produce. Truth, and without action, truth can't even be understood. You know, today I was thinking, uh, of course, we know about the, uh, the children of Israel, you know, that, that they had been given a promise, right? It belonged to them, and so it was theirs. But until they put track, uh, truth or action to it, it didn't really change their life. There was no setting free, meaning there was no change because they put no action with it. So your action is required if we're going to be able to, to, to move into things, if we're going to be able to, uh, to move forward. Uh, you know, you can know a, know a lot of things. I wrote this in. You can know a lot of things. You can, I can know that eating healthy is vital, me living well. I can know that eating healthy is important for a, for a success. I can know, I mean, no, that's true. But until I put down the Oreos, right, my cholesterol levels aren't going to drop. I'm not, I don't have issues with my cholesterol, but it's an example, right? I mean, we can know a lot of things. You can know how to drive a car, but until you get behind the wheel, you don't really know how to drive a car, right? Ride with somebody who's learning to, to, to drive. You will understand, right? Remember your own times, right? Until you actually part, start putting action behind it, you really don't know how things work. And so for a lot of times, the reason why we're hesitant to put our full trust in God and step out on the truth that we've received and we've heard is because we don't really quite get it yet. Why? Because we've not taken a step. It's not until you take that step that you actually get it. It's like you're tithing. You, you know that if you honor God in your finances, he'll bless you. He'll open the windows of heaven for you. But until you do it, you really don't understand how it works, and nor can you really put your trust in it. But the minute you start acting on that and start doing those things, well, then, then truth becomes real in your life, right? And you truly understand how it works. It's like when you witness to somebody and, and you're talking to somebody, well, how do you know you're born again? Well, I just know it. 
It's whenever you put action, you put action to your faith in the Lord Jesus, then you really understand what it means, right? Because beforehand, you kind of, you get it, you explain it to somebody, but it's not until you do that, then you really get it. See, action and truth are tied together. And it doesn't work, one doesn't work without the other. The first action, and I'll tidy this up here, the first action is to make sure we put every other truth in its place. And I know this is kind of going back to the beginning, but this is such an important thing. Put every other truth in its place. See, Pastor Gary, you're talking to the Sunday night crowd. I know. You're talking to the ones who are here every Sunday night. I know. The truth is I'm talking to myself as well, right? We have to cast down it. Go over to 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Don't you love God's word? Amen. I know you do. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. The third verse, scriptures we know that we've heard before. I'm going to change how I say it. Scriptures we've heard before, right? But do you really know it? So, so though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. How many know that mind renewal is spiritual work? Renewing thoughts, ideas, principles, concepts, that is spiritual work. It's spiritual exercise. But it's something that every person must do. The first action to put to the truth you've heard is to start changing the way you think. When you see something in God's word, every other contrary idea has got to be crucified at that moment. It's got to be crucified at that moment. Every other thing's got to be crucified at that moment. How many know that yeah, buts, in connection with God's word, they don't work? I believe yeah, buts started with the devil, with Lucifer. He is God. Yeah, but I can sing pretty, right? I mean, who knows where this started? How many of you realize that is exactly what happened? He's in a place where he is all, God is everything, but at some point a yeah, but entered. God is amazing. God is awesome. Yeah, but I'm pretty cool too. Yeah, but can you see where a yeah, but something exalted against the knowledge of God now I'm curious, what, what, would Luc- what would happen, what would, what would things look like if Lucifer, now I don't even know where that thought even originated from. I don't even know where it originated from. Who knows, right? But imagine if Lucifer, when that thought came, had immediately had crucified that thing. Of course, at that point, the term probably didn't exist or, or that idea, but, but he had dealt with it at that moment when there was even a hint of a, there's God and you're awesome and there's a hint of a mirror off to the side. Getting his attention, you know, yeah, oh, look at me. Oh, I'm pretty. What if he had addressed that right, this, right, right then, had dealt with it? How different would things look? Well, in our lives, how, how differently would things look had we dealt with things that were yeah, but moments in our life? Yeah, but moments, yeah, but moments. We all have those, don't we? You might be having one tonight as I'm talking. Yeah, but I like the way this is. I like this. Whether you like it or not doesn't mean it's true. It might make you feel good. It doesn't mean it's real. Right? It may, it may be making you a lot of money. It doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Every area of our life. 
So, so though we walk in the flesh, we, war, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Notice verse 5, casting down arguments in every high thing. If we're to do that with high things, that includes small things too, right? Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing how many thoughts? How many thoughts? How many ideas? How many philosophies? Every, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is, this, is, this is the basis of our action of our faith. This is the basis of the action of the new created life. This is the foundation where we go back to. Every thought, every idea, everything, we put it at the feet of Jesus, we crucify that thing, and we listen, even if I don't get it, I'm gonna do what the word says. I'm telling you what, our lives will look different. Our lives will look different. Our lives will look different. Why? Because God's word will not return to him void. It will do where he set, what he sets it out to do. It'll accomplish what he sets it out to do. If you'll do your part, he'll do his part. He cannot lie. He, he cannot, he cannot. Listen, the promised land was still their land. It just took them 40 years to get there. It never changed. Even the ones who died, died without realizing it, it belonged to them every moment. It was theirs. They never got to enter it. Somebody did. It still happened. All the things that God has said, they will happen. Everything that he has promised, every, every ounce of it, every bit of what this book says, what God's word says, every little detail will come to pass. Every bit of it will happen. Not one single thing will pass. Not one single thing will, will not happen. Not one thing will go by where it doesn't come to pass. Not one thing. Not one detail will do that. Whether we experience it or not really boils down to what, what this, is, this issue right here. Whether we see it or we die in the wilderness, it comes down to right here. Right? Or we're forcing somebody to wait 40 years to enter into it. This is foundation right here. It's the foundation of our truth, of our life. It's the foundation of our life. I just want to encourage you, find real truth tonight. It's in his word. Quit looking to grandma. Quit looking to your friends. Quit looking to your body. Quit looking to your checkbook. Quit looking to all these other things. Look right here. Listen, God's not hiding from you. He's made it very plain, very simple. You know what to do. But I got a question that's not in the book. You it, all, it, it says in here that you've got the Holy Ghost, right? You've got the guide and the helper. You know what to do. Find truth. Latch a hold of it as, as, as 100%. That this is what you're resting your life on. The reality is this is what you're resting your life on. The truth, the reality is this right here, what he said is what all of our lives, even at this moment, are standing on. He's upholding the worlds with his words. I mean, everything we're doing at this very moment is hinging on God's word. Our very existence as people, breathing, is hinging on his word. Let's give the rest of our lives to him. Let's quit holding areas back. Let's quit holding things to ourselves because they feel good, right? Or because it might cost. Listen, nothing that, nothing that this says that may, may seem like it costs you something, it will pay you far greater if you'll put your trust in them. If you'll lay hold of it, there'll be far greater reward there. 
You can read later on your own Colossians, the first chapter, verse 23, Colossians 2, 6. That's all really uh, uh, from Colossians 1, 9-ish on. So, such good stuff there about philosophies and other, other ideals and other things. Hold true to what you know. Hold true to what you know. Hold true to what you know. Walk in what you've already been told. Walk in what the light that you already have. I know it's a Sunday night crowd, but we, we need to be encouraged to walk in the light we have. We need to be encouraged to walk in the light we have. And just because you've been walking for a while, aren't you glad Joshua and Caleb, after 39 and a half years, didn't say, you know what, I'm tired of walking? Somebody delayed them for a whole generation. Aren't you glad? I'm sure they were glad. You might say it didn't matter to me, but, but to them, I'm sure they were glad at 39 and a half years. They weren't like, I've done this enough. I've done this enough. I'm going to cast aside. I'm just, you know what? I'm just, whatever. I guess it's not going to happen. Hold fast to the truth. Hold fast to what God has said. Listen, he's still savior. He's still redeemer. He's still deliverer. He's still the healer. He's still the baptizer. He's still the provider. He's still all of those things. Don't cast aside your confidence. Amen. I just want to encourage you tonight. Let's, 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 let's not let loose of these things. Some of us have been here for a, a really long time. Long time. Long time. Some of us, you haven't been with us that long. But I tell you what, listen to what you've heard, the good, the, the truth that you've heard even before you got here. If it's in the Bible, don't let loose of those things. Don't let loose of those things. Let's be quick to, to change our life and our thoughts to fit his. Let's be quick to adjust the way we see things the way he says they really are. Well, you know what that is? That's called faith. That's called faith. That's called trust. That's called simple trust. That's what he's looking for. I'll tell you what, God will honor that. God will honor that. Are there areas in your life where you need to pick up some truth? Are there some areas in your life where, where we can all probably say there's some areas in our life we've let, we've let other things grow in, other weeds grow that maybe look a little nice? Right? Listen, if it's not, if it's not from heaven, if it's not from his word, listen, it's just going to produce something that we don't want. It's going to attract things we don't want in our lives. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.